Good morning, people. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about cooking and dyslexia. There was a great post put up in the group around this, around recipes and, and how it all works. And kind of, I thought I'd have a bit of a chat about some of the challenges with, with cooking and, and the way we go about eating in general, because it's um, quite an interesting topic. So let's dive in. Okay, so the reason for this episode is I believe all of us eat, so that's um, an important thing for all of us, but many of us have a few challenges with things like cooking um, and doing a bunch of things, and, and this is quite opposing. You'll find two sides of the coin. You're going to find the people that absolutely love it. They see it as a mental break from reality, a place where they can be creative without too many risks, bar a bad meal, um, and and really love it. It's really energizing. It's, it's where they find their passion. For others, um, and I sit on both sides depending on the week it is, uh, we see it as time consuming and over, you know, there's too much to think about. And if you look at my pantry, uh, the amount of stuff I buy that I use once that just sits in the pantry forever, or if it's perishable, uh, the amount of fruit and veggies that go off if it's not front of mind and I forget I even have it, um, is remarkable. You know, um, And I've had to learn that over the years that I've got to be very cautious with what I buy because I, the wastage is remarkable of what just uh, gets left and forgotten about. Um, as I say, best laid plans don't always get done. And so, you know, I was going to talk a bit about how I eat and, uh, you know, what's worked for me in the past. And like for me personally, I, I am a fan of, of pre-made food. I, I am a fan of it, mainly because I know it's there. I don't have to overly think about it. It's kind of the same as wearing black t-shirts all the time, is I don't have to think about what color t-shirt I'm going to wear. Um, I, for me personally, that really works because it, it takes away... Um, another decision that I would have to overthink, and you see a lot of you see a lot of the, the the neurodiverse people wearing quite similar clothing each day. Some people like shirts and jackets. As I say, I'm more relaxed. I'm the guy who's wearing cargo shorts in the middle of winter, uh, which isn't as bad as some parts of the world in New Zealand, but it's still pretty cold because it gets me. Uh, I don't have to think about it. Uh, so I, that's what I do with clothing, and so the same thing happens with food. You know, I've I've I found these really amazing vegan protein bars that that fit my kind of belief system, and uh, they're great. You know, um, they're something I'm more than happy to have four, five, six days of the week, um, and they work for me. I also have gotten into smoothies, but really simple smoothies, ones that are really nutritious. I use um, Garden of Life. It's a meal shake replacement with a bit of almond milk and a banana. And I, I have that each day and I absolutely love it. It's delicious. Seemingly a lot of these things are chocolate in hindsight. Uh, both of those things are chocolate flavored, which is delicious. But they're, they're very nutritious. They, uh, they kind of cover the bases that I'm going to forget nutritionally if I uh, do have a bad rest of the day. That's really important. Um, I also... You know, again, I, I eat simply, and it's um, and I'm someone who finds it as easy to repeat similar meals. Some people really struggle; they have to have different things every day. It's kind of like their flavor of life, and you might be that person. That's absolutely fine, but uh, I find I find keeping a real regular diet um, great. Now, this is harder when you're in a family. Um, you know, my lifestyle some days feels like a, an erratic student slash entrepreneur slash a uh, bunch of things. Uh, so, so my life is a bit simpler in this respect. 
but like as I say, for the, the meals I can control, those are the ones that I, I like to look at and have. Um, and again, what I find myself is if I don't have an easy option that's available to me, um, things like Uber Eats become a very regular occurrence um, because, you know, a little man or woman will appear at my door carrying a bag of delicious food. And so um, we can get very, it's, it's a real easy option. So many of us um, may turn to stuff like that, especially now that technology's made it so, so simple. But getting back to uh, recipes and ingredients, what you find, what I found at least, is a lot of um, a lot of dyslexics seem to be very creative in the kitchen. We're not amazing at following recipes. We may follow it the first time, relatively specifically, but the next time we decide to put in our own flair, maybe a little bit more paprika, a little bit more uh, oregano, uh, you know, whatever it is. Um, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But what, what happens is there's so many pieces to it. And what you find with recipes is to get it to work, it's a very structured and ordered process. And you're really, you're really rolling the dice if you get too creative on it sometimes. Um, and it doesn't work and you feel like, oh, I failed. Uh, what's the point? I'll just go and eat something else. And that can happen. You know, that can, that can happen a lot and it puts us off doing it along with along with all the stuff about making sure we've got every correct ingredient. And then we start thinking if we're cooking for other people, would they like it? Will they enjoy it? Is it going to be good enough? And also the problem is, is when someone else cooks for us, or if we're in a relationship with someone neurodiverse, what I do find if, if they're not really paying a lot of attention is they'll pick at the one thing that's wrong. They'll say, oh, there's too much salt in this, or there's too much that in this. Um, you know, so we become quite picky and, and that can also put off a neurodiverse person if they think everyone just picks at them when they when they cook, whatever it is, because we're very uh, sensitive to that type of feedback. And uh, we don't always take it just on that meal. We'll blanket it across everything we do. And that's not just in cooking. It's in a lot of different places in our life. But it can, can put us off. Um, and what you also find, which is interesting, is we do stick to what we know. We either go completely creative and completely break the mold and and do some stuff that's really crazy, like like me and um, me and my ex partner. We used to do this thing called uh, "Come Dine with Me" with friends, and we had three couples, and we would create a create a creative menu and cook something amazing for each, and we'd all go around to each other's houses, which was really fun. And in that time, it was completely creative. And and you know, in that zone where it's you start to hyper focus on it you do a really, really good job. And many of us are very in intuitive with cooking. So we're actually not bad at it when we really hyper-focus on it. But when our lives are so busy, when there are so many other things that are taking our attention and pulling our minds in every different direction, uh, cooking can just seem like a chore that isn't that important. Um, and, and when it isn't that important, but it's taking a lot of our attention, it's kind of like pulling us away from the other stuff that we're more focused on. And, you know, what I wanted to share to, to kind of talk about this and, and kind of finish it off is, is whatever you choose to do, whether you choose, hey, I do want to become a better chef and put some attention on it, that's absolutely fine. But don't be, don't, don't think of yourself any worse if you decide that, you know, five or six nights a week, I've just decided I'm going to actually find packaged food that's nutritious and good and makes my life easier there is nothing wrong with that 
and live who you are. Don't don't beat yourself up about it because I, I see people and I used to to beat myself up and say I can do better than this. I can do better, and that, that constant um, you know internal battle is very very tiring. So instead, I've just embraced what I'm doing, um, and I enjoy it. I like it. Like it, it's to some people they go shit. What you eat must be boring, and I'm like no, it's not. It's just food. It's just fuel. It's just energy. It's just a type of fuel. Um, if I really want something remarkably creative, I'll go to someone who is passionate and absolutely loves it. And you'll find many dyslexics and neurodiverse are the best chefs in the world because they have chosen what they do with a passion. And this, this, it, it's a big, it's a big circle back to the stuff I've been talking about around finding your New York. You know, the the chefs that do great, their New York is becoming an amazing creative chef and being able to express themselves in that way and that's a massive driver for them so they can get past some of the other challenges because it's it's kind of their not end goal but it's the direction they're traveling in you know they visualize themselves standing in a big kitchen with customers just giving them a round of applause and you know, seeing endless reviews on Google about how amazing they are and getting on chef shows you know that's their New York so you know, any of us can do anything if we want to put it as our New York and hyper focus on it. The challenge many of us have is that cooking, if it's not your New York, it's just a chore on the way. It's kind of like filling up with gas as you're driving across country. You know, you got to do it, but um, you got to eat. But you know, it's not something you're going to put a lot of energy in. Kind of like me in black t-shirts. I'm not going to put a lot of energy into it. It's not where I'm going to put my attention, my focus, my love, my passion. So, you know, you you know, one of the guys from our group has doing some amazing work cooking chili sauce. He's doing some great stuff. He's really passionate about it. You can see it when you talk to him, and he loves it. Um, and I, you know, it's it's great to see, and it's awesome, and it's it's kind of one of his escapes from reality, and he loves it, and it's it's um, a fantastic thing. But again, for many of us, it's just a chore. And so, you know, we've been talking as well in the group around strengths and weaknesses. You know, I'm, I, I'm, I say this a lot is that you've got to focus on your strengths and you've got to get your weaknesses to a point where it's not going to hurt you, but don't over invest in trying to get your weaknesses up. You know, one of my weaknesses is picking clothes if I have 85 different colored options. Now, I understand colors to a point. Um, by no means would anyone call me a fashion guru. Uh, actually, no one would call me a fashion guru. But instead of that, like I, I know what I like. I know I like to wear t-shirts. I know I like to wear this. And same with sportswear. I know what I like. And I just stick with what I like. And I put no energy into keeping up with fashion trends. It's just not my thing. And that's absolutely fine. Um but I understand enough about it so I don't make massive mistakes either. So it's kind of, that's just one way. And it's the same with cooking. Like I know what I enjoy eating. I understand nutrition enough to to understand what I need in my diet. And I do my best with it. And you know, that's that's all you can do. Um, and and if, you spend, if you spend too much energy worrying and getting overwhelmed by it, it's going to hurt and it, and if you do need if you do have partners in this in your relationship which would make sense in a relationship um just talk to them be honest be open you know don't hide it 
Um, what happens if you are struggling with it and you don't want to do it or you want to work a way around it is just be open and honest and really vulnerable. Uh, you know, try and try and open up about it without starting to point the finger at the other person because we have a habit of doing that when we're being vulnerable. Because we feel vulnerable, we start pointing at others. Um, but just be open with them. Tell them the truth. Just say, hey, this is really hard for me and I'm I'm... I'm stressing about it. I'm internalizing it. I'm dealing with stuff that I shouldn't be. And uh, it's affecting other parts of my life because it's taking my focus away from them. And I want to be better at X, X, and X. That's where I'm passionate. And that's really important to be open about stuff like this. And, you know, you might think, hey, this is crazy. We're talking about this on a, about cooking and recipes. But th these are the things you need to think about. You know, none of the things you do in your day are in isolation. They, they have a, a knock-on effect. Um, so if one thing is your biggest stressor at the moment, if you can start to release that, what happens is your energy gets gets put into the things it should be. So I know that's a bit of a dilution of what this podcast was about, but I hope it's helpful. I hope it's worth uh, thinking about. If you like it, make sure you share the podcast. I really appreciate everyone sharing it. Uh, our Adult Sexiest Secrets group is past 500 people, which was our goal for this year, which is so exciting. Next year, it's only going to get bigger and better. And I'm just absolutely loving the sharing and the help everyone's giving each other. Um, if you've got any challenges, if you've got a story, make sure you share it in the group. Everyone is so friendly. It's, um, it's great to find a place where you can find people like yourself that accept you. So uh, thank you guys for making it such a good group. And uh, I'll be back next week.